This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Mavericks. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by David Moore. Evan Grant is in Surprise, where we like him. Uh, the farther away, the better. Well, is that what you're saying? As much as, as much Tucked as we're away like in, a, yeah, yeah, in a hamlet. Uh, and, but joining us on the phone uh, from lovely Grapevine, or, or, uh, or, or uh, Flower Mound, I'm sorry, uh, is uh, Brad Townsend. Brad, how are you? Just dandy. <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound like a dandy response. That was really I mean, overwhelming. Yes. It's that time of the season, one month left. Yeah, one month. You're counting down the days, aren't you? Yes, just under a month. <laughs> well, Brad, I believe, I believe the last time you were on, Kevin was telling us how great it would be for this team to lose all of its games and how that would build excitement and everyone would feel good about that. I believe, what, this team has now lost 9 of 10, 10 of 11, something like that. They're following my yeah, lead. They're, they're, right, they're right on Kevin's plan. Absolutely. So, so, so is this building excitement among everyone about looking how good this team is losing over these last two to three weeks? Yeah, they're, well, they're, they're losing good. The other, the other aspect of Kevin's uh, narrative was that he didn't seem to mind that they were – had lost by 30 and 39 points. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's seeing progress, uh, yes. Yeah. Right. Kevin has seen and progress in these last five losses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Listen, I, I stand, uh, I I stand by my point that people will not care next year about how many points they lost those games. No one will care except for sports writers. And to that point, uh, a couple of nights ago when the Mavs were hosting Houston, come down to the last possession – I can guarantee you that more fans were hoping that the Mavericks would not score in that last possession than would score. I don't, I don't have scientific evidence to back that up, but I do believe that in these last few years of you know, the Mavericks being you know, consistently in the lottery, fans are recognizing the quote-unquote value of uh, having a higher percentage when it comes down to the draft lottery. Well, short-term understandable but you brought let's talk about this end of the the Houston game because I find it fascinating because going into the game that night when Rick Carlisle met with the media I believe he he spoke about how uh, part of what he wanted to do over these final games was to give Luca a feel for what it means to carry a team and to be the primary guy then you come down to the end of that game. He does not call a timeout. He puts it in his hands, in Brunson's hands, and everyone on the floor to make the play in a scramble situation. Uh, that does not happen. And then afterwards, Luca talks about, well, I wish I would have had a timeout there. How, how important, one, how important is that uh, for 
a, a lesson for Luca to to have the full weight and understanding of just what it means to be the main guy on a team. And uh, two, like you say, maybe a lot of people wanted uh, the, the shot to fail in that moment. But when you look at the long-term health of this franchise, don't you want your key players to execute in crucial moments more so than not? Doesn't that help your franchise in the long term? Brad, please enlighten us. <laughs> well, there's no doubt that success, you know, you build upon success with success. But I would argue that in this case, uh, hey, failure wasn't all that bad because there was a lesson learned. Maybe next time Carlisle does call timeout. Although I could argue the other part of that is that calling timeout allows you to make defensive substitutions and put your best defenders on the floor. And uh, in a live ball situation, when there's no timeout and the flow of the game is occurring, I would take my chances most of the time with the ball in Luca's hands. Now, if you go back and you look at that play, what happens is that two Houston players meet him beyond the top of the key and another is coming toward him, and there's four seconds left in the game. You could say, well, Luca, you know, Luca has made quite a few 28-footers this year, but he's literally got two guys that are about to be in his face and a third closing in. I think he made the right basketball play. Bronson was open. He didn't leave him a heck of a lot of time. But, uh, you know, most of the time you're going to say that if a guy is, is two and a half, you know, not triple teamed, but two and a half teamed, he needs to give up the ball. And so it was a lesson learned. Luca probably given the chance to do it over again. Maybe he goes to his left. You know, the good thing is he can play that back in his mind. Or maybe he delivers the pass quicker. Maybe he gets rid of the ball quicker as soon as he sees that he's too bracketed. You know, exactly. And what's the downside? You know, as we discussed earlier, what does a loss in the first week of March mean when you're not going to playoffs? You played a you gained something from playing a very good Houston team that's been virtually unstoppable offensively. You held them under a hundred points. You held Harden and Chris Paul. You know, that's not a Mavericks team that I've seen in the last few weeks. So that was a step forward in terms of, uh, you know, learning how to play defense against great players, which the Mavericks have not shown the ability to do. They've been basically giving up 115 points a game since the trade deadline. I, I, you know, from my point, I, I don't know a coach who would have called timeout there. Uh, every coach I've ever been around in that situation with a, such few, such little time left, wants you just to go ahead in the flow of the play because you know you're standing there. Otherwise, you're setting up a play on the side, and then you're hoping the the inbounds pass gets in, and then you're hoping a guy makes a catch, and then you know you get two seconds to turn and shoot. I mean, I, I just think that that's a fine play. I think the bigger question for me was the fact that Luca felt like questioning the play uh, mm-hmm. that he didn't just say, "Hey, you know," uh, I, I think he, he was showing in his own way, 19 years old, rookie, saying to Rick Carlisle, hey, I think you should have called timeout on that play and set up, set up something. I think it says something about uh, his uh, relationship with Rick going forward. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I think it's a, it shows his assertiveness and his, and his belief mm-hmm. that the fact that he's the best player on the team and I'm, a, and I'm a budding star in this league. Those are all things you want him to think. 
you know, uh, so I, I wasn't there uh, when the comments were made. He may have just been expressing his uh, disagreement, and that's fine. And that's and then, and then we move on from there. But I do think it showed something a little different. Uh, and, and maybe you, maybe you've seen this in him up to this point, Brad. I've seen I've seen bits and pieces, uh, you know, and I wouldn't call his comments. Uh, I wouldn't say that he was uh, directly questioning the coach. I just think that he was raising a point that, you know, maybe some of us were already thinking. And like you said, it shows his assertiveness. Just turned twenty years old, and you know he believes that great things are going to happen uh, when he's involved on the floor. Uh, my counter to that would be why he had the ball in his hands. He had opportunities to create something if he read the play differently. Um, so, uh, you know, I would disagree with his assertion. Like you said, set, setting up a defense uh, probably puts him at a disadvantage more than at an advantage. But hey, he's headstrong. He's he's not uh, he's not directly. Uh, getting in Carl's face and saying, no, you were wrong. He was just raising the point. Yeah, well, again, I think this gets back to what Rick was talking about before the game, which I find this this game so fascinating, for, uh, really any of them since uh, since the trade, is that this speaks to a star player, a great player taking on his shoulders when the game is on the line. And and I think it shows that while Luca certainly has that potential, he's still a little uncomfortable in that role because what I was hearing from his questioning was, hey, uh, you know, set this up. Give me a plan. Give me direction. You let me know what you want to do. And what Rick was saying was, you're the guy. There are going to be these end-of-game situations where sometimes I'll call timeout, sometimes I don't. It's on you. You make the play. And and to me, if Luca was truly comfortable and had grown into the player that he is going to become, he he would have he would have spoken about that differently. He wouldn't have he wouldn't complained about not having a timeout. He would have said, "Well, um, yeah, you know, I could have shot. You know, th- this is a situation I'll learn from. I could have gotten the ball to Jalen quicker." As soon as I saw what was happening, uh, I could have gone to my left. I could have pulled up right there. I, you know, was, you know. So I, again, I think his response to that situation underscores what Rick was saying before the game, which is, mm-hmm. look, let's take these last what what is it, seventeen games now or whatever, and let's actually mm-hmm. dig into what it means to be a star player in this league and what those obligations are. Yeah, no, I would agree. And then, well, plus, you know, actually, Rick's been saying this for pretty much since the trade deadline passed, and the Mavericks had the roster that they were left with, which is uh, seriously lacking uh, size. And uh, you know, they lost when you add in JJ Barea's uh, injury, they lost two of their top uh, six. They lost four, five of their top six scores. So. Again, it's one moment Rick has been saying every game is a learning potential situation for Luca. A couple of nights earlier uh, in uh, Orlando, uh, in um, uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn or Orlando, uh, he played great. He stepped forward. He did everything that, you know, he, he carried the team that night. Now they lost at the end of the game. 
but he was great that night, and that was a learning experience too. Okay, I have a, I have a bigger question here now, Brad. Uh, Luca turned twenty, and we didn't have a birthday party for him. I don't know. Were you in surprise or something? <laughs> so all of Dallas knew that his birthday was on February the twentieth. Oh my gosh! Except I, for you. Well, I, I, I actually I was in the surprise then, so that's what happened. Golly, you go. you go out to the desert and you miss so much. Okay, <laughs> now now tell us about Luca's mild knee strain, as Rick Carlisle characterizes the pop he heard after grabbing a rebound yeah. in that game. Well, I, I'm surprised that he stayed in the game. Now, this is not blowing smoke. This is, I think I'm speaking factually. Uh, Casey Smith is, like, Rick Carlisle is one of the top three coaches in the league. Casey Smith is one of the top three trainers in the league. He, he was the Olympics trainer. Um, but when it comes to Luca, and really any Mavericks player, the Mavericks have been historically very conservative in terms of, you know, leaving a guy in the game or deciding whether he plays in the first place. And so I was very surprised. Now, I don't know if – here's what I don't know. Did Luca tell Casey Smith that he felt or heard a pop? If he did, you know, why did he go back? And, again, I implicitly trust Casey's opinion or, you know, his, his whatever he decides medically, but uh, that was surprising. So uh, I don't think that they would have put him out there, back out there, or kept him in there if there was a chance of further injuring the knee. But to find out that, yeah, there is a sprain, um, and yet he stayed in the game, surprising. My guess is he didn't tell anybody until after the game. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That is that is surprising, especially. Well, and, yeah, and, and he, look, he's 20 years old. He's competitive. That's what makes him great. But he's got to have – that's part of his maturing process, too. I mean, he's got to be able to see the bigger picture. And, yeah, this is a a competitive game. It's a very good Houston team. But in the bigger picture, the win-loss result was, I don't believe, was worth leaving him on the court. No. No, would not be. Uh, all right, so uh, so Brad, we promised that we get you out of here uh, at uh, after uh, nine fifty or so. But well, we're, we're not. But we're not. We're, gonna <laughs> we're get, not. We're gonna ask. We're gonna ask you just uh, a couple more questions about the about this team going forward. So now, as we speak now, I believe the last time I look, uh, the Mavericks are tied with Washington uh, at six. Are they not in the uh, in the lottery sweepstakes? Washington won last night. So oh, so now Mavericks. they. Inch ahead, so there's in solo sixth, and uh, according to the uh, famous tankathon.com, they have 37.2% chance of uh, getting a top four pick and a 9% chance of getting the top pick. Yeah, uh, and that's the with the reworking of the uh, when the NBA reworked all that to try to discourage people from tanking, which I don't think mm-hmm. that actually worked. But it it does change the way it, the 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 percentages now, and so you don't have to finish with the worst record to end up with the with the same chance. I believe it is the the the, the bottom three teams all have a fourteen percent chance of, of getting the first pick. Um, so. Uh, the Mavericks are really starting to position themselves here. As as we know, that's a protected top five pick that they traded to Atlanta to, for the rights to Luka. 
Uh, and that is only the, you know, and I'm a little slow to come around sometimes, but it's only the, it's the top five after the lottery, after the ping pong balls are, are, all, are all sorted out. So they don't have to finish with the fifth worst record. They can finish sixth where they are now, and, the, and their chances of catching Atlanta, if that's what we want to call it, if you're racing backwards to catch somebody, are a little remote. I believe that Atlanta has four more. Um, four or five, yeah. The four or five. Actually, uh, six. Yeah, six actually now. Have six. Well, they have six more losses. Losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's unlikely losses, to happen. 39 losses. Yeah. So they're so they're going to end up in best case scenario. I like saying this. Should we say worst case scenario? Best case scenario? They're nah, going to they're going to finish with a sixth worst re- record. Well, it depends on what you think of the draft after the first one or two players. And that's true. And and uh, yeah. and and I and I was told that if they finish it, that top five picks, that they, they'd be happy with that. So uh, so we'll see. I mean, I, I've kind of. Studied a little bit these guys at the uh, at the top of the draft, and and certainly Zion Williamson is an unbelievable talent, and and just the opportunity if you have a, if you have a nine percent chance to get this guy, uh, I think that that's that's everything because because he's just an unbelievable physical talent. You know, as I think we've discussed before, he reminds me of a uh, of a better Charles Barkley as far as athleticism. I don't I'm not saying he's a better player than Charles. I'm just saying that. Charles was a, a big guy who was incredibly explosive, uh, especially early in his career, and that that certainly describes what Williamson does. So uh, then, then after that, you're talking about you know position need. Uh, you got you know point guards and and uh, uh, and obviously this team needs scoring and needs a wing. And it would certainly use a player like Zion Williamson no matter what they had. Uh, but those are attractive uh, things for this team to add. This this offseason, if it could, if if the Mavericks could end up with that pick, just to to simply add that caliber of player this year, going into next year when you're already going to be adding Kristaps um, Porzingis and then uh, whoever they you know they they find to fill out that cap. So, having said all that, you you just saw the game in Orlando and you and you got to see Vucevic up close and and you talked to him about what he thought about everything. Do you feel now that he is still a target for the Mavericks, or we also heard that they wanted somebody a little more athletic uh, for that position? What What are your feelings now? I, I do believe that he is a target. I don't know if he is the target. Um, I think that they're probably aiming higher in terms of, you know, they'll make a run at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant may more than Midnight and 30 seconds on July 1st may say thanks but no thanks. So what's the harm in trying? Uh, I, I think there's all kinds of scenarios. You saw a report out of Charlotte yesterday that, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe the Mavericks look uh, at a certain guard in, in uh, Charlotte. I don't think that he's, that Kimball Walker is their number one target, as that report said. But the Mavericks did inquire about Kimball Walker before the trade deadline. So there's interest there. I think there are a lot of balls in the air right now. Some of that has to do with the lottery. Where would they finish in the lottery? And so we'll find that out in um, in May. So I, I personally think that they need a rebound. And I don't know that that... I don't know that they're going to find a rim protector as a free agent. So, you know, 
I'm hearing that the Mavericks are, are thinking like positionless basketball. Let's just get guys who can play multiple positions, but they have, they're in serious need of somebody who can rebound. So let's just put it that way. And he can rebound. He's averaging 12 points, 12 rebounds a game this year. We're talking about Vucevic now, right? Yeah. yeah. Vucevic, yes. Yeah. I mean, I was watching him closely, and I was trying to visualize, well, how would he fit on the court? You know, and then you're also trying to visualize Porzingis out there. Uh, When you're talking about Porzingis and you're talking about Vucevic and you're talking about Luka, you're looking at some some, uh, defensive uh, deficiencies. So you're going to have to have a couple athletic guys uh, you're going to need a perimeter guy who can uh, who can take the speedy point guard, and you're going to. I think Vucevic would be a great fit in terms of being able to space the floor offensively. I think how it, and, and you're talking about Porzingis out there potentially at the same time, and Luca. You're talking about uh, an offensive team that's uh, pretty unstoppable. You know, about as close as you can get. Um, and Vucevic can score with his back to the basket. He's he's really rounded into an all-around player this year. So, but is he going to protect the rim for them? No, he's not. Przingis is a good rim protector, though, and that's the unusual thing about him. He's he's not a guy that you think would be really good uh, out in in space, but uh, but he's done a good job at the rim. So I, I'm not as concerned yeah. about that as. Uh, and you know, and I'm, I was watching because I have not seen uh, Vucevic play that much, and and so I I too was watching that game pretty closely, and I'm thinking, you know, he's he's not a plotter, you know. I know they they talk about wanting to have a guy, you know, more, more athletic out there. He he's he's pretty fluid, you know, and he and he's uh, and he's a good and he's a good passer. I mean, he's averaging almost four assists a game. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm I'm with you. Offensively, you'd be as as good as anybody. Now, you know what what is, what has Golden State done? Well, basically, they've taken a team with Draymond Green and they found one guy who could play multiple positions to guard people, and that's what certainly the the Mavericks would have to do. They'd have to add somebody, as you said, at that point, who could play multiple positions and guard anybody they wanted them to guard. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to find, but it's a it's a unique skill set that if you're willing to sacrifice at a position and maybe offensively with it. Then you can bring in somebody like that. Yeah, and then I was, and again, the Mavericks are not a good team to 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 watch Vucevic against because they don't have a banger. Uh, they don't have a guy. Oh, let's see how Vucevic can handle. You know, a guy who's bigger and stronger than Mavericks that doesn't exist. But Vucevic has shown throughout the season that he can bang. Now again, he's not going to protect the rim. But he's going to work, and he's grabbing twelve rebounds a game, right? And that's not, and, and that means a lot. And then again, like you pointed out, he's also can create. I think some of this might be kind of a Mavericks tamping down, right? You know the speculation because it does them no good to have everybody focusing on Vucevic. It does, certainly doesn't help their bargaining position uh, if 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 it's just widely reported or widely speculated. Oh, their number one target's going to be Vucevic. He is definitely in the mix. I right, know you. You brought you kind of buried the lead and brought up Kevin Durant. Uh, this is one last thing, real quick. Uh, I, did I not read that? Uh, of course, this could just be Kevin being Kevin. That uh, he would, you know, he was mad about all this the media speculation about him in New York, and, and he said he would rather live in Dallas than New York. Did he not say something similar to yeah. that? 
he didn't. Uh, there were some people at the uh, during the All Star weekend where I, where I was. I wasn't standing right there when he said that, but I was in the vicinity and you know looked at the entire context of the comment. He didn't say anything. He didn't. The only context where he was mentioning Dallas was he was happy for Luca or for Zingas that he seems to have found a good place in Dallas. Now, everybody took that, that Dallas is a good situation for him. And, and a lot of people leap to that, well, that that means Dallas is better than New York. He, he did not say that. Now, I really don't even think he inferred. Okay. So, All right. All right, just making but, sure. We're, uh, you're there. You're there to check this stuff out for us, Brad. You know, David and I are just spitting stuff out, and you're there to clean it all up. Well, one of us well, is just spitting stuff I've out. Done a good job of that, but, but there's no question whatsoever that uh, that um, Duran is on the Mavericks' radar. Whether he is, whether the Mavericks, or this reciprocated, we don't know. Yeah, reciprocated, right. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Brad, we're going to let you go. We know you got to go work. We appreciate you taking this extra time. We would have gotten started earlier if David had gotten here on time. But, uh, but and, anyway. and we would have let you go eight minutes ago if Kevin didn't keep going. <laughs> well, listen to what I think and now agree with me, okay? Oh, what about that, that whole thing that David started about that? And then he said, all right, tell us that. All right, never mind. Brad, thanks so much for coming on once again. We, we love having you on. Thank you, Brad. There he goes. All right, there goes Brad. Uh, so listen. Uh, I think he was disgusted with us. Yeah, by the end. By the <laughs> end. Why not? <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, he started what? out disgusted. <laughs> well, listen, I think that the whole point about Kevin Durant, uh, because this is one of the things that Donnie said. I can't remember exactly when he said it. He said, we're after stars here, right? This is why they made the trade for Przingis. They wanted a star, a guy they could get to come in. They give him a good look. They can honeymoon him here, and then and that you know the way we can talk him into t- signing a long term deal, which I I think is is from the looks of things maybe happening. You know, uh, he, he does seem to be happy. Uh, you know, you don't know though uh, yeah, and, no. until he gets involved in all this and what kind of money could be out there for him uh, and how he comes back. Of course, if he if he just takes the the one year deal uh, with the Mavericks, then he is uh, risking everything. Uh, because what you know? What if he doesn't come back and have a, a great mm-hmm. season? Uh, and then he's really screwed himself. Whereas he can make a lot more money if he goes ahead and signs a long term sure. deal this summer, which is what the Mavericks are going to try to do. And I, and I would bet and on. And there's that. risk there for the Mavericks as well because if, he, if well, his the, injury history continues, then they're striped with the contract and absolutely. they don't have the flexibility moving forward that they need. Absolutely, so, there's risk on both sides because, given the history to this point. Both sides just have to make a – well, it, Porzingis has to make a calculated decision. Right. Am I going to go all in on my health or am I going to go ahead and, and tie in the security now and I like this situation, let me tie in the security, mm-hmm. and really what's the difference when you get up to this stratosphere? You know, yeah. what, give me the security right. based on what I've been through to this point. Yeah, and I think he has to believe in this team, and I, and I think this is the, what you're going to see now is the difference uh, with when we talked about that before about the, the Mavericks' ability to attract free agents to Dirk, a guy who was in his 30s uh, when they were trying to do that, and clearly at, toward the end of his career, and, and a guy who presents some problems to match up with if you're a teammate because he's not a prototypical power forward, uh, so you have to have certain kind of mix to go with him. The difference is that now you're asking to match up with a guy who's 20 years old, we just found out, or at least I just found out, um, and uh, can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could match him up any way you wanted to, really. Uh, and, and I think that's a little more attractive. 
But but now also throw Porzingis into the mix, and now a player is going to say, well, okay, am I going to be the the, the 1A, or am I going to be the Absolutely. 2A? So Absolutely. that's going to – certain players will look at that and go, well, just what – and and there's an unknown there because Porzingis hadn't played here. You don't know how, it uh, how it's going to, to mesh. And so um, – that's going to be interesting as well. Maybe you're looking at another year before everyone has an idea of exactly how this is going to look and whether you, you jump in on board with it. I think that's absolutely a possibility. I think the, the interesting thing about a Kevin Durant is that we already know what he thought about going to another team. Now, now Kevin Durant's one of the best players of his generation sure. and in uh, the history of the NBA. Uh, but, you know, he went to a, a situation in Golden State where where do I fit here, you know, and, and mm-hmm. he, he was happy to do that. You know, he wanted to win. But a team that had won, had an yeah. established oh, lead yeah. guy. Absolutely. And now you're talking about coming to a team that's, what, going to lose – 48 games or whatever oh, absolutely and and has not won anything and a young player and and it's the, the dynamic will be different you would expect to be you're the champion coming to a team well i am the guy right you, you fit in with me no and, and i don't think that i don't let me first say that i don't think kevin durant's coming here yeah. uh but i also find it hard to believe he would go to new york i the, all the all that talk about the listen, I understand what the, what playing in Madison Square Garden is all about, and I understand the allure of playing in New York. But the Knicks have sucked for twenty years. Yeah. So, uh, so the lures for visiting teams to come through to play there once a year or a couple right. of times a year. It's not necessarily for the home team yeah. playing there every game. Yeah. So, uh, so I I just don't know that uh, that I buy that. But now look, if the you know the Knicks are going to have the top pick, it looks like they they're not going to have a better chance than anybody else. But if they get Zion, if they, you know, if they, you know, they're going to have a, a ton of cap space, if they can attract some of these guys, well, then you, you're talking about a, a ready-made team. If they could get Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving or, or maybe both, if they could figure out a way to make that work and then get Zion too to add to all that, well, then that's a pretty potent mix. So yeah. it's certainly a possibility. I certainly think that's attractive to him. Uh, I just don't know. I think that, that Kevin Bland in New York is the world's worst idea for him. Given what we've seen of his sensitivity to oh. criticism and engaging on social media, um, I think a well look. I, Kevin Durant transcends markets because of what he has accomplished and his skill set no as a player. No question. So, but still, there's a difference in placing that personality in a secondary market like an Orlando or like Oklahoma City was. Uh, versus a Dallas, LA, yeah, and and um, and, and you know that that's something he needs to look at. Is now again, of course, part of it is he just engages. If you're on social media, you engage with a guy in yeah. Bismarck, North Dakota, and, right. and and he, you know, so and that's part of what Kevin's problem has been, and part of what Commissioner Adam Silver was talking about uh, right. recently about why some of these guys aren't happy, right. uh, but. But Kevin has to work through all that. But but there would be more criticism in the New York market than there oh. would be in Dallas, in Denver, in you know, pick your 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 still strong markets, but not mega megalopolises. Kevin was unhappy in Oklahoma City, and he only had Barry Trammell on his tail there. <laughs> if 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 he's going to have that Good much point. trouble there, he's really going to have trouble in New York. Uh, I I just I, I just think for his sake. 
you know, I, I feel sorry for him in a way. I, it's like, why, why can't you just accept the fact that you are a transcendent player? Yes. You, you, you have a great career. Uh, no one questions any of that. You know, you, you're, just don't pay any attention to any of it. Why would you care? If I was as good as he is yeah. and had made as much money as he's made and won championships, I would not care what anybody thought. But he clearly does. But he clearly and does. And it impacts him. Yeah, and just, just crazy. Anyway. All right, that's going to do it for our Mavericks podcast. I think we had some really good stuff there. It would not have had good stuff if we cut Brad off and, and said – Well, no, it's, you could argue it's gotten better since we cut Brad off and we went on to Kevin Durant. But <laughs> That's true. Okay, so anyway, uh, but that'll do it. We're also going to have a Cowboys podcast and a Rangers podcast from Surprise where we'll talk to our old friend Evan Grant. So until then, uh, come back and see us. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Mavericks Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.